Our Bible reading is from 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 to 15. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he is dispersed abroad, he is given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Well, we've been looking at the nature of the church and some pretty hefty theological themes, such as the purpose of the church and the church in the kingdom. And I know for many of us, if not all of us, this has been a refreshing and challenging study so far of what it means to be church. Well, now we're looking at the life of the church and in particular, the life in the local context, our context. And last week, Tim spoke so well about the vision and values we have here at St. Matthew's. Living in the presence, power and love of God and transforming the world in which we live. And he spoke about the three E's of our mission statement, embracing God's presence through extravagant worship, encountering his power through our serving and sharing together and enjoying God's love through living in freedom as we love and honour one another and love those around us. And you see, the point is this, as a church, we have to have vision. Without it, as the scripture says, we perish, Proverbs 29, 14. But at the same time, our vision cannot be another's vision. We cannot step into the shoes of another church, however big or small. Yes, we're part of the great universal body of Christ and each part has an equally special and important role to play and life to live in God's family. But we have to know our why. Why we do what we do in the way that we do it here at St Matthew's. How we live as God's holy people in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in accordance with his word here in Millbrook in Jersey and what the Lord is calling us to be and to do here in our community, amongst our neighbours, on our doorsteps, which is why today's theme of sowing and serving is so important for us at such a time as this. You know, there are psychologists such as Adam Grant who divide the working world into three groups of people, the givers, the takers, and the matchers. You may have heard this before. 
Give us of those who seek out ways to be helpful and to, to give to others. They, they ask themselves, how can I value this person or what can I contribute to them? And then there are matches. They, they like to preserve an equal balance of giving and taking. Their mindset is, if you take from me, I'll take from you. If you give to me, I'll give to you. And then there are the takers. Takers who are self-focused. They, they put their own interests way above others' needs. And they're motivated by the goal of gaining as much as possible from, from their interactions while contributing as little as they can in return. And I'm sure we've all had personal experience of these three types of people, especially in the workplace. We've been surprised and blessed by those who give without expecting anything in return. We hold carefully that middle ground relationship with those who match like for like. And I'm sure we've all felt the force of those who know how to seduce and work the crowd for their own self-interest. Treat people poorly who have no use to them and drain you of your money, your affection and your time. And just as an aside, when it comes to these three types, most people statistically hover over the middle and behave as matches. And the givers and the takers represent the two extremes, with givers being the worst and the best in terms of success in the workplace. Well, that's another subject. But you know, whatever we make of this research, this reciprocal type of human interaction, one thing is clear. The Bible encourages a very different approach to our human interaction with each other that not only applies to each and every situation we face, including the workplace, but implies every one of us. And this type of interaction Paul calls sowing. As he writes in verse 6, But this I say to you, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, Paul is talking to a church that has been affected by the culture of the day, including the working culture. In his first letter to the church in Corinth, he has to address multiple issues, including those who are seeking their own self-interest, if you like, the takers. And sending his missionary partner and friend, Titus, to deal with these problems. He rejoices to hear of a change of heart. And so in this second letter that he writes to this church, he writes to encourage the church to be sowers in the kingdom. And note, he does not give them an option of whether they will sow or not. The truth is, we all sow something. And you see, Paul highlights the choice that we all have in our sowing of either sowing sparingly, which means being austere or stingy or, or even matching like for like. Or whether we will sow bountifully and the Greek word eulogia, where we get the word eulogy, it's, it means with adoration, with a heart to bless. And it's this latter way of sowing that Paul encourages the church and we're encouraged as well. You know, sowing is, is more than giving. It's better than matching, and it's certainly altogether different from taking. 
When we give to someone or give to something, a, a present or some money or, or shopping or whatever it is, we can see how the gift is received. And so often we see the immediacy of its effect. And that, that's great. It's, it's so important for us to give. But when we sow, something deeper takes place. Not only is there the same intention as giving, but we're acting in faith. It's sowing a seed in faith without knowing the fruitfulness that it will bear. In other words, the reward of giving is removed. And the simple act of sowing is it's like it's buried in the ground and it finds its reward and honour in the seed and not in the fruit. You know, when a farmer sows seed into the ground, he, he knows that he will not see the fruit straight away. There is a faith action in the sowing, in the scattering of the seed, where he knows that this will take time. He knows the seed has to die before it rises out of the ground. And he knows that there is a risk that the seed may not grow. And all he can do is wait. But in that waiting, there is also that hope expectation where he does not know the full extent of the fruitfulness, but he has the hope that it will have abundance. And this is the picture Paul is painting here for the church. Each one of us is called to sow, to sow seeds, if you like, of love, of, of peace, of joy, of compassion, of care, of kindness, of goodness, of generosity, of faithfulness and self-control into every situation we face, whether it's at home or work or church or in public. And to trust God in the sowing, who, as Paul writes here, he is able to make all a grace abound towards you. God is able to multiply the seed you've sown and he's able to increase the fruits of your righteousness, verse 10. But the point is clear. We're not to sow grudgingly as takers. We're not to sow out of necessity as matchers. We're to sow bountifully and cheerfully as givers, holding nothing back and giving our all. And this is the challenge before us. I think one of the most powerful examples we see of this in Scripture is the feeding of the 5,000. And I have to say the credit to this little bit of revelation goes to my daughter, Sana, who spoke in this some time ago. But I love the fact that the mum of the lad who gave the five barley loaves and the two little fish for his lunch was sowing a seed into her son not knowing the fruitfulness of this blessing. I love too the fact that this boy had grown up into a culture of sharing and was willing to share his lunch with strangers. Incredible. Not knowing the fruitfulness that was to come, feeding so many people. It's an incredible picture of what Paul is talking about here and of what God is longing for his church to do in faith and in hope. I mean, just think about the seed of this sowing and the multiplication of this seed and the fruitfulness that blessed so many people. And what it says to us today, God is able to do this. Even at such a time that we're in, he's able to make all grace abound towards you, towards me. But he's looking for us in the simplest and most natural of ways 
to sow into his kingdom, to sow into his body, the church, to sow into his plans and purposes that he has for us right here on our doorsteps, in our homes, in our neighbourhoods, amongst those in our community. And here at St Matthew's, we're doing this in so many ways. I just want to say an enormous thank you to each and every one of you for the way that you do so, so bountifully. Actually, recently we were honouring our pastoral care coordinator, Beverly, and just the amazing way that she blesses so many people and sows bountifully and models this so well, and her team as well. And coming up to Christmas, we're, we're looking at new ways of how we can sow bountifully as a church. But, you know, we're living at a time when there is such need. But we're also living at a time where there's such opportunity to reveal this kind of grace. I heard an academic talk recently about the wall that so many of us, maybe all of us, have hit with this COVID-19 how in the first phase, if you like, that there was this kind of getting together, gathering together, this community feeling of that we're going to get through this. And yet there was this hope and expectation that it will be all over by September. And yet with this second spike, what we're seeing in the nations with the lockdowns, there's so much uncertainty that's caused so many of us to hit this wall, if you like. And it's a wall of depression or financial loss and concern and anxiety. And you see, in the face of all of this, the question for us is, how do we sow bountifully? A bit like the, the lad, we may feel that we have so little to offer, a few loaves and fish, when there's so many people to feed. But you see, the promise of Scripture that we see in Scripture and the reality of the gospel message that Jesus has presented to us and released us into is that God is able to multiply every seed that we sow in faith. And I want to encourage each one of us to present to him what we have, to present to the Lord what he's given us and to really seek him in this. Ask him. Lord, in this season, what do you want us to sow into? Today, this week, this month, who do you want me to sow into? Us as a church, how can we sow bountifully and cheerfully, holding nothing back? And I know as we ask this question, he will speak. He is speaking to us. He is opening the doors of opportunities longing to use the seed so that we can bring blessing to so many. And you see, it's out of the sowing flows our serving. As Paul writes in verse 12, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. Now, I realise that I'm running out of time to speak at length about serving in the church. But it's so important that we serve one another with our time, with our gifts, with our money, with our efforts, where we look out not only for our own interests, but also for the interests of others, as Paul writes in Philippians 2. And that we have the same attitude as Jesus, who came not to be served, but he came amongst us to serve. You know, serving is the obedience of our confession to the gospel of Christ, as Paul writes in verse 13. Serving is not an optional extra. 
It's one of the most important ways that we show our love for one another and love for God. And if we're not serving in the church in some practical way, have a word with the leadership team and get involved. See how you can serve practically and in the different areas of ministries that there are. So that together we can supply the needs of the saints and bring thanksgiving to God. Because ultimately our serving brings glory to him. As Jesus says in Matthew 5, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Well, I think it's time to come into landing and to draw this talk to a close. You know, we've seen in this series on why church time and time again, how God's kingdom, his body, the church, everything in his kingdom is turned upside down and inside out. And in his church, the body of Christ, everything is possible for us. And just going back for a moment to that feeding of the 5,000, and in particular John's account of it, the crowd came to Jesus to take from him. In fact, John gives us insight that they wanted more than their match. They wanted a political king. But you see, Jesus showed them a better way. Jesus showed them the way of sowing in faith and reaping in righteousness. Seeing that fruitfulness come alive as we put our trust in God. And he showed them what it means to serve. See, Paul does the same here. He shows us a greater way than matching like for like. He shows us a much greater way than taking from others. He even shows us a higher way than giving, and that is sowing, sowing bountifully and serving obediently. You know, my prayer for each one of us, for myself, for you, as we learn and grow together to live out the vision that God has for us here, my prayer is that we would be those who so bountifully, cheerfully and freely, knowing God is able to multiply every seed we offer in faith and increase the fruits of our righteousness as we serve obediently with willing hearts. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Just want to encourage you as you have listened to this message, just to allow God to speak into your hearts. Father God, we we ask you to teach each one of us what it means to sow bountifully and to serve you obediently. Father, we ask for your forgiveness where we've, we've held back. We've held back that which is not even ours. Where we'd be more like the takers, more interested in our own situation and our self-interest. And even matches where we've measured our giving to ensure we don't lose out. We ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your forgiveness for missing those opportunities that you give us every day to be a blessing to others and to give cheerfully. And so I pray for each one of us, Father, that you would open our hearts to 
see the truth that you are the God who is able. The God who is able to make all things abound. The God who is able to multiply the seeds that we scatter and offer to you in faith. The God who is able to increase the fruits of righteousness for your glory. And show us, Father, how we can serve you and one another for your glory. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.